Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Charles Sabansi from the Dreamers Pro Show, and we want to welcome you guys to the Dreamers Pro Podcast, where we cover everything from sports, hot topics, classic debates, entertainment, and where we give you guys a fresh perspective on things and how we see them. Now, let's get started with the first topic of today's show. You know what, folks? We got a lot of people twerking it up all over the place in media, and it seems like I'm turning myself into a bit of a target by some voices uh, out there, um, you know, for calling them out on some of the things that they say, I think as we're currently doing this show, uh, Gilbert Arenas is doing a live about us because I think I did a live on the show that, uh, no, no, I did a live on a segment that he had with uh, Shannon Sharp on Club Shay Shay when they said they think Shy Gilchrist, Gil, excuse me, Gilchrist Alexander uh, is better than Kawhi Leonard. I disagree. I don't play in the NBA and I don't care. I disagree. Period. Period in the story. I disagree. Sorry, I don't care if I played in the NBA or not. I don't need to play in the NBA to understand that I think Kawhi Leonard is a better player. So, you know, we've been ruffling some feathers because we've been pushing back on this kind of anti-LeBron push and all of that stuff. But I don't care, right? I'm just giving my point. I'm out here making up stories about people or cursing people. I'm just giving my point of view. And if you're allowed to go out there and say what you want to say about Michael Jordan, say about this person, say about that person, and it's okay, and we all got to sit up here and twerk it up for everybody else. And when I say my position, I, it should be okay too. Anyway, let's get into the meat and potatoes of this. So, I was going through my Instagram yesterday, and a video was actually sent to me. Not sent to me. It was sent to my feed, right? And I came across this clip, and it was featuring a sit-down between NBA Top 75 player Allen Iverson and former ESPN host uh, Rachel Nichols, right? So they were there, and they were talking. And it was this clip, and essentially, Allen Iverson was talking about Kobe Bryant, type of competitor he is, because you know they were direct competitors. Uh, and essentially what AI said was when looking at the greatest players of all time, he essentially believes that Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant are in a class of their own. And then essentially is everyone else, which then prompted Rachel Nichols to be like, okay, we got to get back on narrative. And LeBron is LeBron anywhere. Like, I'm like, okay. All right. So what we want to do is we want to quickly play this exchange. I want you guys to listen to Allen Iverson and kind of explain his position uh, to Malika Andrews. I mean, not Malika Andrews, good Lord, to Rachel Nichols. Uh, and then we're going to come back and continue on the show. Take a listen to what Allen Iverson uh, uh, had to say here. Another one of the all-time greats, Kobe Bryant, in yeah. your draft class. And he became, in his words, obsessed with you. He said early in your rookie years, you had a game where you scored 35 and he scored two points in five minutes the same night. Didn't feel good about that. In fact, he said, quote, when I checked into my hotel room later that night and saw the 35, he said, I lost it. I flipped the table, 
through the chairs, broke the TV. There's more. He said, I obsessively read every article and book I could find about AI, watched every game he had played going back to high school. He said he studied shark attack videos wow. to think about angles that he could approach you at because you move so fast and he thought that might help you. I mean, would he, when you hear that, he broke a TV in his hotel room because he saw you had a good game and he didn't. I don't know, I just look at that as, yeah, that's Kobe Bryant. Yeah, but you, he said you were the one. He didn't say I was obsessed with everyone in the league. But he didn't I'm, say I watched everyone else's game back to high school, he said it was when, you. With Kobe, he was so different to where it's, it was like, Phil, I want the assignment. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Take Fisher off him, I want the assignment. Mm -hmm. I've never seen nobody as competitive like him, but Mike, that's it. Like when people talk about, you know, your favorite players and, and the, or the best players in the world, you know, I say Mike and I say Kobe, you know what I mean? And then everybody else. LeBron's after that for you? Um, definitely. Okay. Definitely after that. So you heard what AI had to say. I think that what he said is only controversial to people that are that have a very myopic view of basketball if you have watched basketball in its, enti in its entirety or at least follow it followed it over the last 20 years what Allen Iverson just said is no big shocker your ultimate conclusion would have been the following that's his opinion I disagree with it or I agree with it, but that's his opinion. Nobody in their right mind that calls himself a basketball fan will be like, oh, AI, man, he really owns something. I don't know what he's talking about. That's if, that's if you have a very limited, limited uh, knowledge of basketball. The fact of the matter is this. Jordan is widely regarded, right? And it's a fringe opinion to think that he's not the GOAT. But Michael Jordan is widely regarded universally as the greatest player to ever play in the sport. Most people know this. Most people also know that the closest thing that they have ever seen to Michael Jordan is a Kobe Bryant. So if Jordan is regarded as the greatest player of all time, and here you have a guy that's the closest thing that we've seen since MJ played in the NBA to Jordan, and some people describe him Jordan of his generation, why would it be a big shocker that certain people have him in the top three? Why is this shocking to you? Why do you think whenever people go sit down on the Matt Barnes, Stephen Jackson show, they ask him at the end, rank these three players, Kobe, LeBron, Jordan. Why do you think they always bring up these three people? Do you think they're, do you think what? What do you think? Do you think you know something that they don't know or what? You think they you figured something out that they didn't figure out or what? What do you think goes on? So in your mind, they bring up Jordan. You're like, okay, I got that. Most of you never seen Jordan play. They bring up LeBron. Most of you have seen Jordan, but they bring up Kobe. Like, nah, I don't understand that. So I'm trying to figure, you never saw Jordan play. You can understand that. But when you never, I'm trying to figure it out. Listen, it's AI's opinion, right? It's AI's opinion. And there are a lot of people that feel that way. There are a lot of people that... I personally have Kobe my top three. I will argue with anybody. I got, I got Jordan, I got Kareem, and I got Kobe. That's just me, though. I'm not saying that my opinion is the end-all, be-all. What I do know also is that me saying Kobe's in the top three, a lot of people would agree especially professional athletes. A lot of them. Some of them would disagree, but a lot of them would, especially people that played against Kobe. 
So for AI to say something like that and for people to be all up in a bunch and I mean have their panties all up in a bunch and hollering and screaming like the like because the honey ran out. I'm like, what what what's 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 the big thing here? You know, he gave his ranking and you know, some people are gonna feel a type of way. Now it was interesting that uh Rachel uh Rachel Nichols actually now put, but what about LeBron? I'm like, so what if he didn't mention him? You gotta bring him up. Now some people have brought up the point where AI said AI said LeBron is the overall greatest player of all time, meaning the player with all around game. He's the greatest. And I still disagree with that notion. I don't believe LeBron is a better all around player than Jordan. I don't. I don't. You may think so. I don't. And I'm not just basing it off of stats. LeBron averages more rebounds than Jordan. He's a bigger player. He's three inches taller than him. Of course he's supposed to average more rebounds. LeBron is a great playmaker. So is MJ. So is he. But I've seen Jordan average eight plus assists a game. I've seen him do it. But to me, what I think makes Jordan the better all-around player are other things. Number one, offensively, that's one side of the ball which he dominates defensively it's another side of the ball which he dominated lebron doesn't dominate defensively no one ever accused him of being a lockdown defender ever in the clutch jordan is better mentally toughness he's better he's better in all of those aspects and he's a better leader so i would give it to jordan because of that but that's just my opinion that's just my opinion i'm not saying that oh my opinion is oh no no if you ask me who would i have and i have to pick i'll pick jordan a gazillion times and I don't care to have him over the 20-year window. Do you know why? Because I know Jordan will get it done in less time. He'll get it done in less time. Do you realize in the 90s, and that is according to a scap attack, do you realize in the 90s, Jordan played six full seasons in the 90s. He won six championships in all of those seasons. Do you hear what the hell I just said? In the full seasons he played in the 90s, he won championships every single year. Now, some people say, but what about all the other years? He didn't win. Okay, then let's talk about all the other years. Your favorite players didn't win. What's your point? <laughs> What's your point? He still has a higher winning percentage. What's your point? Your point is, my point is, I have no point. Because I try to bring up losing, and then I realize my favorite player lost a lot too. So I then realize, why am I bringing up losing? It means I can't reason properly. And I should probably stop talking about this. Now, if you're enjoying this show, be sure to follow us on Facebook at Dreamers Pro Official, Instagram at Dreamers Pro, and leave a review to let us know what you think about today's show. Now, let's continue to the next segment. Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. Let me get to this topic. We had actually finished coming up with the topics that we're going to produce today. And I was getting ready to start shooting. And then this topic flashed across my screen. Now, I saw it, and initially I thought I was being punked, right? Because the title was so ridiculous. It says, Perk tells Stephen A. Smith that LeBron winning fifth ring at the end of his career. So, uh, it ended up being a clickbait title, of course, one of these fake uh, channels. So, I get there, and I start watching it. And essentially, what they were discussing was, who would win their first championship? Who's going to win their, their the next championship first? Is it going to be Tiger Woods? Or is it going to be LeBron James and Ryan Clark? And these guys were talking. And then it got to the point where Ryan Clark started to talk uh, and to give his particular take. Now, one thing before we even get into that, you guys know ESPN are, these guys are propagandists, right? They, I mean, they really, really push it. 
Like, they really, really, really push it. Sometimes in subtle ways, sometimes in overt uh, and clear ways, right? But that's what they do. And uh, the vast majority of people out there, you know, buy it, uh, you, you know, they gobble it up. Or oh, the, gu- the, the, the gullible, the vast majority of gullible people, you know, they gobble it up. They can't really discern what they're really seeing. Some of us out here can see it plain as they did. These guys uh, are propagandists, period, end of story, period, end of story. Uh, and they and they re- and they are relentless uh, with their propaganda. So I was listening to the panel talking and then it came time for Ryan Clark to talk. Ryan Clark, who I like, funny enough. And when he started to talk, he gave a take that absolutely stunned the entire ESPN panel. And even Kendrick Perkins was looking at him like, wait, what What did he just say? So for those of you who didn't hear what Ryan Clark had to say, want to quickly play it for you. Uh, and then we're going to come back and continue with the show. Take a listen to what Ryan Clark had to say here. Number one, anytime Tiger steps on foot, foot on Augusta, he's got a chance to win. I don't care if he's 48. I don't care if he's 58. I don't care if he's 68. Anytime that he plays in the Masters, he's got a legitimate chance to go win it. I think, two, at the U.S. Open in 2027 is at Pebble Beach. Anytime he plays at Pebble Beach, he's got a chance to win it. Uh, I don't know where any of the Open championships are that he's got a, a, like a great track record at. The PGA Tour or the PGA Championship, I think, in 2031 is at a place where he's going to win a lot, too. So Memorial, where Jack's tournament is, he's got a chance to win it every single year that he plays in it. So the, the places that he's comfortable in, and the way that he looked recently playing with Charlie, his son, he, he'll win Bro, a tournament. It's, let Le- alone a it's LeBron because it ain't never LeBron's fault. Like, it's not like when you look at the way today's game has evolved, right? And the fact that LeBron is still playing at a top 10 level, at an elite level, it's about surrounding him with the right people, understanding that you can't ask him throughout a playoff series or throughout a playoff run to carry the entire load. But if you're going to ask LeBron to do his job at a high level, not just at an AAA starter level, but at an MVP all-star level, he is going to do that. Physically, he's, so, he's in so much better shape than Tiger Woods is right now in order to do his job. So if you put him with the right pieces around him, with that MVP uh, savvy, with sort of that Hall of Fame uh, experience that he has, I believe LeBron James can win another championship. It's going to be about the economics of putting the right people around him because him as the centerpiece, but not necessarily having to be the number one from a scoring position, to me is the way to allow LeBron to win another one. It's whether or not you can assemble that. I just don't know if Tiger can go out there, bro, and do that for an entire weekend given what his body is where you stand big perk well um, first of all i'm glad rc stood on business because all all dan did was name all the tournaments and say oh yeah tiger got a chance hell if i was out there in the pga tour i would have a chance too if if i'm out there playing no, I mean, stand on business. i mean here's the here's the fact of the matter all right the fact is is this LeBron James just showed us it's different levels to this, okay? And what he did in the in-season tournament, I'm not trying to sit up here and say that, you know, the 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 it's the same as far as competing for an NBA championship. But when I'm talking about LeBron, and when I saw him elevate his game on both ends of the floor. So you heard what Ryan Clark had to say. Did this man just say that it's never LeBron's fault? Is that what Ryan Clark just said? 
please name me the athlete that plays at a professional level in a team sport where it was said that when his team loses, it's never his fault. Name the other athlete that they said that about. Certainly not Michael Jordan. Because, in fact, they were crucifying MJ for not winning in the beginning of his career. So, MJ's off the list. Certainly not AI. For damn sure not Kobe. But who's the athlete that we've heard people say it's never their fault when they lose? Number one. Number two. How could you even fix your mouth to say something like that? That it's never LeBron's fault? So, essentially what Ryan Clark was saying is, saying is this. Given the fact that LeBron plays a team sport, he's saying that LeBron is always excellent. And therefore, whenever his team loses, is because of some shortcoming that his coach or his teammates made. Now, I want to get back to a point. Haven't some of us out here been saying that all ESPN does is sit up there and come up with excuses for LeBron James? And with that type of thinking, you now understand why it's always the narrative of, oh, LeBron needs more help. LeBron needs more help. LeBron needs more help. Instead of saying LeBron is not delivering. You see, it totally changes the conversation when you approach it from that vantage. When you approach it from the vantage point of LeBron needs help, then it takes the onus off of LeBron and now the issue becomes everybody else's fault. It's everyone else's fault that LeBron is not winning. It's not his fault. And it's always an excuse to me. I thought, it, you know what? It is nauseating. The direction it's, uh, that media is going in. And, and you know what's, 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 what's uh, becoming even more true for me is that now I'm beginning to give less of a damn about the positions that I take. Because most of these guys are bought and paid for. Sorry to say. The vast majority of them are saying things that they do not believe. The vast. It is, it is rare that you see somebody in sports media actually say the thing that they actually believe. It is rare that you see it. It seldom occurs. All you see is guys going up there, twerking it up, playing along with a particular narrative that they have to that they have that they have to uphold. To say something like that is egregious. That is never his fault. So when they lost in 2011, it was never his fault. What are you talking about right now? I couldn't believe Ryan Clark said that. What do you mean it's never his fault? What are you talking about? You sit back and you're telling me that we can we can watch other great players come up short in moments, but LeBron never does. Are you are you kidding? It's like spitting in somebody's face and telling them it's raining. It is unreal, these guys. Absolutely unreal. And I'm not going to twerk it. What I'm doing is I'm telling you exactly what I think and it's becoming annoying listening to these people constantly go out there and push ad agendas excuse me every single day non-stop this was what was just said on an ESPN airwaves that it's never LeBron's I'ma leave it there I'ma leave it there for you guys but that was I'm floored to say the very least, I'm not surprised. I'm shocked that Ryan Clark said something like that. Because what's going to happen is a lot of people going to hear, yeah, you're right. I mean, look at his numbers. That's it. Then it all boils down to 
his individual stats. It's no longer about winning or losing. It's about the stats and the narratives we can paint around it. So if he wins, let me ask you a question then. If you're telling me, listen to this, if you're telling me that it's never LeBron's fault, that in fact he's infallible, that in fact he's always excellent, and you're going to point to his statistics, that even if his team underperforms, you can still point to his numbers and say, hey, look, he performed well. Let me ask you a question then. If his team does well, what role did he play? Then that means that it's never really him. It's really his teammates then. It's really his teammates. So maybe we're giving him a little bit too much credit. What do you think? That's ESPN for you these days. A total joke. Now, if you're enjoying this show, be sure to follow us on Facebook at Dreamers Pro Official, Instagram at Dreamers Pro, and leave a review to let us know what you think about today's show. Now, let's continue to the next segment. And this is a continuation of a show that was produced yesterday. Uh, we seldom talk about things like this, but I said, hey, let's let's be experimental. Let's talk about different things. Let's see how people react to it. And we got um, we got some fantastic feedback uh, from this show that we produced uh, yesterday, which was centered on some comments, uh, some very strong comments, might I add, uh, that were made <clears throat> by Dr. Umar Johnson on, uh, you, you know, the wife of deceased basketball legend Kobe Bryant. And this particular show ended up generating thus far 816 comments, 816 comments. A lot of people had a lot of things to say. Now, after producing the show, I sat back and began to comb through some of the various comments to get a sense of what people thought, because I gave my view, but I didn't approach the topic saying my view is the correct one. I was more so curious to see what the audience thought. And the vast majority, when I'm talking about the vast majority, I'm talking about 90%, so nine out of, nine out of every 10 people, uh, absolutely, totally ripped into Dr. or Umar, Dr. Umar Johnson uh, for his positions. A lot of people did not like uh, the comments that he made. But for those of you who didn't actually hear it, want to give you guys a quick refresher. So what we want to do is want to quickly play what he had to say. It's only about a minute or so just to give this, this video context and not assume that everyone has heard it. And then we're going to come back and continue on the show. Take a listen to what he had to say here. Kobe Bryant. Let me ask you a question. Kobe Bryant. I'm ask you a question. Kobe peace, Bryant died. Peace, Vanessa inherited his wealth. Sure. And guess what? Is Vanessa Bryant using any of that black man's money to do any good in the black community? Let me ask you a question. Absolutely not. We don't know. Vanessa that. Bryant. Listen. I don't know. It's I'm telling you. How you Vanessa know? You let me ask you a question. Well, wait. She's a public Can I ask you a question? And, and she just you did. don't know You that. didn't see that initiative. You don't know I that. do know. I do know what I'm telling you, you now. Let me ask you a question. Vanessa Bryant just started an initiative with three predominantly white colleges, some sort of a sports initiative with Kobe's money and Kobe's name didn't choose a single HBCU. Let me ask you a question. With a black man's money. Marvelous Marvin Hagler. He died from taking a COVID shot. Is his white widow using any of Marvelous Marvin Hagler's fortune to help black folks? You're being unfair. I'm being unfair. How? No, let me tell you why. Expecting white women to use Stop. black money to help I'm, black people? No. How is that cause, unfair? Because the same way you're naming these people, uh -huh. we can name mad black wives that got black money from their husbands that did help black people this, stop it's my go no There's it's not we own and you know what the difference no, is you're wrong you know you're what the wrong. difference is you're wrong you're wrong so if the, i marry a white woman when i die my wealth goes to the very people who have robbed everything from my on, community not true. so you heard uh you heard what he had to say uh there and a lot of people didn't mince words right they did not mince words and i want to get into i want to get into some of the comments uh, that people put up, um, what is it about him? 
because a lot of people were upset, right? A lot, a lot, a lot of people uh, were upset with some of the things that he said because they felt like, and, and I can understand people saying this, they felt like he basically went totally out of bounds uh, by even suggesting anything of the sort uh, from Kobe Bryant's deceased, um, I mean, from, from, from Kobe Bryant's uh, wife. So let me get into some of the comments. And it's a lot, 817 counting. One person said, she can do whatever she wants with it. Like you stated, not only lost her husband, but also her child. She doesn't owe anyone uh, anything. Another person said, what? She lost her husband and a child prematurely, and now she's expected to save the community? Please, that particular comment generated 60 responses to it. Another person said, I ain't never expected anybody to do anything for me, and, and definitely not know Vanessa Bryant. Another person said, Vanessa's responsibility is to rate her, raise her kids and hold down Kobe's legacy. That's it. Another person said, hate when people try to tell others what to do with their money, especially someone raising kids who lost their partner in life. Leave them be. Seriously. Um, another person said, um, it's not her responsibility to do that. I don't even think Kobe uh, would have done that. Another person said, hell no. Goes to the kids. Not to save the world. Another person said Kobe worked hard to provide for his family. One viewer said the nerve of Omar Johnson to even say that. And the comments just kept on coming. Some people, some people really, really, um, you know, uh, went hard at him. One person said, let Kobe rest in peace. His legacy is trusted to his wife. Deal with the choices and leave them alone. They've been through enough. Now, that's what people said. And if you guys haven't left your comment, you've seen that show, go and check it out. A lot of people had a lot of things to say about that there. I want to read what um, some other people said on, uh, what is it, on the internet, right, from the original post, because people didn't hold back uh, there as well, right? And people really let their feelings be known. Uh, one person said, Umar looked like a clown this whole interview. Um, one other person said, all this guy talks about is skin color. Pathetic. Um, um, one person said, Kobe and Vanessa don't owe you anything. Another person said, he needs to chill. One person said, we just given anybody, uh, the mic. Um, another person said, you can't have, uh, these kind of expectations while living in a capitalist country. It just don't work, uh, like that. And then um, another person said, why is he, you know, why is he always upset? And then, and then it just goes, one person said, just politely smile, uh, y'all, we're witnessing mental illness. And it just kept on going on uh, and on and on and on. So to summarize it, people uh, definitely, definitely, definitely were pushing back on Umar Johnson. And I think that people came to the conclusion that it's not his place, right? It's not his place. To me, we're talking about a sensitive situation on many different levels. Number one, we're talking about telling people what to do with their money, which is a very, very sensitive subject. The one thing I believe or the two things I believe you never tell a person is how to raise their kids and how to spend their money because it has nothing really to do. With it. Those are the lines you generally don't cross. Umar crossed. Uh, he crossed one of them and kept going. Right. He I mean, he collected 200 and kept going like or 100, whatever, 200 like in Monopoly and kept going. That's the first thing. The second thing is we're dealing with a widow that lost her husband prematurely in one of the most horrific 
uh, ways. Certainly one of the greatest uh, tragedies in sports history. And to add to that, there were other innocent, innocent lives lost in that helicopter. And then on top of that, she lost the baby girl. And as someone that's about to become a new parent to a girl, I said it in the show yesterday, I'm going to say it again. I, I cannot even put my brain to even begin to process the horror, the horror uh, a parent must go through to experience something like that. I don't even want to process. It's too painful to even think. And if you can even, if if you yourself just factor that in alone, the part about her losing her child, a small child, that's alone. That's enough for you to say, you know what? There are a lot of people to criticize in this world, but I'm going to lay off for her. I'm going to lay off for her. I'm going to make an exception here and not discuss this woman and the particular circumstances that she's under. And to me, when you do that, it comes off extremely insensitive. Insensitive. That's what really happens. And usually that's what happens with people who don't have kids. People who don't have kids in most cases um, can't find a way to empathize or even sympathize. Empathy is when you go through yourself. Can't even sympathize. Right? And it's a problem. In this case, I think it would have been better off. Le Vanessa Bryant could decide if she wants to take his money and, and flush it down the toilet. It's her money. Whether you or I, whoever, it's her money. It's her money. It ain't my money. It ain't the black community's money. It ain't the Spanish community's money. It is her money. And the money belongs to his family and his children. And it's up to the wife to decide whatever she wants to do. It's not your money. It's not your money. It's not the black community's money. It's her money. It's his family. Kobe Bryant went out there and sweated. Nobody gave him $600 million. The brother worked for it. And if I'm not mistaken, they got married at a very young age. So she was there throughout the entire process. So for anyone to suggest anything that she should be doing with her money is flat out wrong. Maybe she's not interested in that fight. Maybe she's not. And maybe if Kobe had married a black woman, maybe that black woman would not be interested. But the point is, you lay off of it. I understand his general point. I listen to it in its entirety. I understand the point that he's saying, which is, why would you now marry into a community that oppressed you? Basically, you're reversing back all of the money back into their into their coffers, right? Um, which is not true. Actually, it's not true. Because... Uh, usually what happens is in most cases, not all, when a woman and a man get married, usually the woman comes into the man's family. The man is not going into the woman's family usually. And that's why in most cases she takes, uh, the husband's last name in most cultures. So not really. His money is not going to their family. She came to his family and his money continues on with his legacy which are Bryant's if you read her last name it says Vanessa Bryant it doesn't say anything other thing so his money is not going into that community it's not number one number two by saying that we're excluding the fact that it's an actual fact that Kobe Bryant's kids are black they're Hispanic as well but they're black for sure this is a scientific fact 
that they're black kids. So they're go now, if you're saying they should go into 100% blooded black kids, and that's madness. It's madness because then you're going to say, well, it's going to go to the black community. Is 100 of all the black people in the black community 100% black? Like, no, it's madness. Total madness. So it would have been better off just leaving the woman alone. That's his wife. <laughs> it's her money. It's hers to do whatever the hell she wants to do with it. And she's keeping her husband's legacy alive through his shoes, through his, 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 uh, his ideas. And, all. and she's doing it her way. Do you know the hell it takes to go up there and even talk? In front, we're not talking about somebody that's widowed to somebody that's not known. We're talking about her laying her going up there and representing her family in a public forum, dealing with that type of grief. You just leave her off, she's off limits. You just leave the woman, just leave her alone because she's mourning a deceased partner, husband, and a child. The child part is like, okay, next topic you can talk about Jay Z, you can talk about this person. You have all these NBA players, go talk about them. Now, if you're enjoying this show, be sure to follow us on Facebook at Dreamers Pro Official, Instagram at Dreamers Pro, and leave a review to let us know what you think about today's show. Now, let's continue to the next segment. John Morant just recently made his return to the NBA, right? Recently made his return, and I think since his since excuse me, uh, since he has returned to the Memphis Grizzlies, they have won every single game. Uh, on the calendar, which means that John Morant is contributing in a real substantive, excuse me, way uh, to the team. And this, in this case, the Memphis Grizzlies, and they have won, if I'm not mistaken. Para, para, para. Okay, they just lost one, but they're four and six, and they had recently won uh, four games in a row. And John Morant has been uh, sensational since he's been back, shot in the arm for the team, something that they uh, desperately, desperately needed. Um, his presence cannot be overlooked, and you can see that it's brought in more energy to the team. And everyone seems to be excited to have him back. So what happened? Uh, something recently happened, right? Something recently uh, happened um, during, I think, the game against the New Orleans Pelicans when he was facing, uh, uh, what's, the, what's the guy? Zion Williamson, Brandon Ingram, and these guys, right? So game is close. They go into overtime, and then John Morant cuts to the basket. They throw him a lob. He dunks the ball. And when he dunks the ball, he does like a celebration. We can't show you because we don't own any, any NBA footage. <laughs> we don't want to be, uh, you know, we don't, we, don't, we don't want them to take away our content. So he does a, a thing. And it's something like something like this, right? Now, initially, when I looked at it, I was like, did John Morant just flash like a firearm kind of thing? Like, were these flashing, flashing pistols and stuff like that? Like, is that what he did? And I was like, yeah, nah, I don't, I'm not sure if I want to talk about this. I'm not sure. I think I'm going to leave that alone. I don't think I'm going to touch bases on that. Then what happens? Uh, this morning, I'm going through the internet, and I come across an article from FadeAwayWorld.net, and it has the following headline. It says, Chandler Parsons slams John Moran after pistol and bazooka celebration. And I was like, hmm, seems like uh, this is going to be a thing after all. So let me just get into this article here and read a little bit of what it has to say here. Uh, it says, Chandler Parsons disapproves of John Moran's celebration, questioning its necessity. Chandler Parson expresses disapproval of John Morant's recent celebration, which included a pistol and bazooka gesture after an alley-oop dunk in a game against the New Orleans uh, Pelicans. Parsons found it surprising that Morant, who had been playing exceptionally well in leading the Memphis Grizzlies to a 4-0 record, would engage in such a celebration. It's so shocking that we're even talking about him doing possibly the slightest thing unrelated at this point. Everything he's done, and you can see he almost catches himself like he's, and then he's like, he kind of turned 
and then he's off. It's ridiculous. But again, like you got to grow up. You got to. Why are we talking about this? Your team is 4-0. You've been unbelievable. You've been probably forgiven uh, to a certain point, especially in this, right? Like uh, the team is back to being yours. You're playing at an elite level. It's like what else has to happen for you and your family and your friends to learn? Like, just make this about basketball, make this about your life, make this about your livelihood and stop doing things like this because you're my CTV on court. Right. Uh, so that's what he had to say there. And then he said a few other things there. So that's what he said. And then what happened um, this 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 morning uh, when we we're talking about some topics to possibly discuss <clears throat> one of the people that we work with, Mitch. He sends me this topic and he goes, now, I want to send you something else to, sh to give you guys some context. I want to show it to you. Uh, it's from Cameron Hay. And he says the proper context behind the celebration last night. It's a dance created in New Orleans by subtweet Sean Zero that LSU was hitting all last season. So it makes sense to troll the city a little after beating the Pels. Um, and then it goes complex. The NBA missed John Morant. He hit the LSU celebration against uh, the Pelicans. That's from complex uh, sports. Right. So that's what they had to say there. Now, <clears throat> what are my thoughts on this? I personally believe <laughs> this thing was the gesture that John Moran did um, comes down. It is left to interpretation. What do I mean? John Moran has this history. We know exactly why he was suspended. He was suspended essentially for the same thing, right? Uh, over and over and over again. And he served a 25 game suspension. So number one, any little thing that John Moran does is going to be scrutinized because people are going to be looking to see um, is he on his best behavior? I think if Zion Williamson had done something like this, if Brandon Ingram had done that exact same thing, no one is talking about it. No one is talking about it because they don't have the history, right? So you're not paying attention uh, for that. It's like somebody that always snatches purses. They mean you do it one, two, three, four, five times. The next time they see you around walking around people or purses, they're going to be like, is he going to do anything? Now, whether or not you're doing something is quite, it's irrelevant. There's going to be, is he going to, well, what is it? You stood up too quick. What is and that's where Ja is. Now, um, I'm not sure that Chandler Parsons had this additional piece of information uh, in terms of, uh, what is it? In terms of, you know, it being a dance that's popularized, that's been popularized in New Orleans. I didn't even know that. Right. I did not know that. I didn't I didn't know that I got I got other stuff on my mind. So I was totally unaware of that. But it just goes to show you how critical people are now of people have become of John Moran, given the things that he's done, because the fact of the matter is John Moran put himself in the, in, 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 in the situation that he is right now. I'm not talking about this last thing about the gesture that he did. I'm talking about where he is right now. Nobody did it to him. No one did it to John Moran, did it all on his own. So we're not going to let him off the hook for that one. It wasn't like as if he's any type of victim here. He's not right. He's not. He's he's I mean, he's the master of his universe and he put himself in those situations. So job ja plays a role in terms of putting himself in a position where now people are always going to be ready to be critical of him. Right. And he has to be on his best behavior, period, end of story. And prior to him coming back into the NBA after his 25 game suspension, he didn't hear anything from him, anything. So to me, um, maybe this is just. Probably Chandler Parsons not having enough information, but in terms of his reaction, I think that it's natural, uh, and uh, and I think people are always going to be on the lookout to see if John Moran does something wrong. So these are my thoughts. So what I want to know from you guys: What do you think about his reaction? What do you think about what Ja did? Whatever you guys think, please leave your thoughts and comments in the comment section. We we'll catch you on the next show. 
Thank you for listening to today's show. And don't forget to let us know what you think about today's show on iTunes or any of your favorite podcasting platforms.